0: You're listening to Simple Roots Radio and today we're talking with guest expert, Dr. Stephanie Gray on a new concept to look at your health and how to heal once and for all. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio
1: with Alexa Scherr. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. A nutritionist by trade, Alexa has rebelled
0: against common misconceptions about nutrition and has created a realistic health style that will allow you to live a healthy, satisfied, and more simplistic life. It's raw,
1: it's real, it's unfiltered. It's Simple Roots Radio. And now your host, Alexa Sher.
0: Welcome back to this podcast. I'm your host, Alexa. And as always, I just wanted to remind you that this show is dedicated to simplifying your health, allowing you to live with more purpose, more joy, and ultimately achieve the lasting health you've been looking for. While it seems complex and overwhelming, My passion is to break it down into the basics and help you live a simplistic and healthy life that you enjoy. I also love bringing you my favorite experts to help us all learn new ways to look at our body and break down health into those realistic steps you can put into place every day. Today on the show, we have Dr. Stephanie Gray, who uncovers a new concept and way of looking at your health. In this show, we'll break down this concept and take a more in-depth dive into hormones, how to test, and the foundational component holding it all together. Stay tuned as we talk with her. But before we get there, remember, you can find all of the information from today's show over in the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 063. That includes my own notes and perspective, as well as the resources to learn more about Dr. Gray and what she recommends. While you're there, I would love to have you sign up to receive weekly emails from me, because more than just hanging out here, I would love for you to be a part of the tribe that takes this information and puts it into action. In those weekly emails, I give you extra tips and tricks as well as share my own progress. Plus, we get to connect in a more personal way. Just leave your name and email over at simplerootswellness.com. One last thing, have you ordered your 2018 Nourish Planner yet? the one planner that doesn't put your life into yet another structured and rigid system, but opens you up to plan and live in a way that is honoring to you. It also gives you the space to focus on your health with monthly and weekly challenges, allowing you to do less and live more. And that really is our goal, to help you end schedule shaming and get out and live because that's what life is all about. Inside the planner, you can find space to schedule your month at a glance, as well as break down your day-to-day with five to-dos, weekly meal planning space and tons of white space for you to write, track, and take note of anything else you need in your daily life. Others are raving over this planner. Take it from Tiffany who said, I've been a long time planner girl, but this planner wasn't just another chore I had to fill out each week, but became a roadmap for my day to day. It helped me create my priorities and let go of everything else, allowing me to live more in the present moment and enjoy more time with my family. It changed the way I lived my life and helped give me a simple way to achieve health that wasn't just another system. I'm forever a believer in the Nourish Planner. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for those kind words. Would you like to join us in 2018 in changing the way you live, helping you to actually live more? Learn more and get your own copy of the Nourish Planner at nourishplanner.com. Now let's get back to the show. As I mentioned today, we are fortunate enough to have Dr. Stephanie Gray, who specializes in integrative and anti-aging functional medicine. Day-to-day, she works with countless clients helping to treat hormonal issues with an integrative and holistic approach. She recently released her latest book, Your Longevity Blueprint, and is the co-founder of Your Longevity Blueprint Nutraceuticals. Today, I'm going to be diving hard into her latest book and how you can heal and treat hormonal issues from the inside out. Let's get right to the show. All right, Dr. Gray, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on and to be here. I mean, we've known each other for a while, Um, you know, just being in your clinic and doing other things. So I'm excited to finally get to share your wisdom with my audience. Well, thank you. Congratulations on your successful podcast. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Okay. So you're releasing a new book and it's called The Longevity Blueprint and it really works to Verge the gap between finding the root cause and how to heal fully from there, what was your passion for the books? Like where did this stem from?
2: Yeah, well, I think maybe I'll answer that in two facets. So one, <laughs> we all have a story, and my health struggle was really one passion behind writing the book. I felt like I really needed a means to clarify all of what we offered at our practice as well. and so I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my personal story, so I was born in what I consider to be a really healthy family, <laughs> growing up here in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, I was to chiropractors, took my vitamins, ate healthy. I felt like I was in very good you know physical condition. But a few years back, sitting at my desk, uh, between patients, my heart rate took off, and it took off really fast, and I kind of panicked because I had never experienced anything like this before, and what I was experiencing was tachycardia, a really fast heart rate. But, you know, when things are happening to you, you don't always (laughs) always know what's going on. And so I started walking down the hallway and my nurse looked at me and thought I was about to pass out. I was very pale. And long story short, I ended up going to the emergency room and saw cardiology and was diagnosed with, you know, tachycardia and conventional medicine didn't really have any answers for me other than take a wonderful medication to control my heart rate. Right, (laughs) right. And I knew that there had to be more. You know, if I needed to get to the root cause of my problems, just like how I was helping my patients get to their root cause, I had shortness of breath, the palpitations, this heart rate that would even just race in the middle of the night. So obviously, it was impacting my sleep. I had uh, also shorter of breath um, just because I had SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, a lot of pressure that air was putting on my heart, also causing palpitations, and so. I was exhausted and I kind of felt like my world was falling apart. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of my very short health Mm -hmm. um, history Mm -hmm. last few years. But my, my husband also felt like, gosh, for our clinic, you know, functional medicine is amazing. And we're able to treat so many patients, but we wanted to be able to clarify our message as far as create a blueprint to tell patients, you know, these are the steps we can walk you through. You know, yes, the foundation of health is in the gut and yes, it's important to balance hormones, but there are so many other steps that we can offer. And these are even steps that I had to look into for optimizing my health. And so I kind of meshed my story with the steps uh, that we offer at the clinic to create this blueprint, you know, as a just means to help, help patients get to the root cause of their problems. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah. And in your book, you talk about this blueprint. I mean, like that, obviously the name of it, but that's the basis for your book. And you talk about a house blueprint concept, which I feel like is a, a it's a really good analogy to like understand the body more fully. Can you just break that down a little bit for us and tell us what the foundational component of health comes from? Like where's that foundation of health in your house blueprint concept?
2: Yeah. So, you know, the microbiome is really popular. These days we're just learning more and more every year. And so the, you know, the foundation of a home is extremely important. You know, you can't build a house without having a strong foundation. And so in the book, in the blueprint, I describe the gastrointestinal system, you know, the gut as really being
0: the foundation of health. Mm-hmm. In the book, you kind of lay out the systems in this house, like, I mean, blueprint, like, can you give us an idea of what some yeah. of those other systems are?
2: Absolutely. And actually, I should also say this too. So I assume that you know the readers of this book are already living pretty healthy lives, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. I felt like I was. I felt like I was in good shape. And so I tell patients <laughs> and readers I assume they already have a healthy lot, you know, healthy, you know, soil to build that that house or your health upon. So, you know, this is this book isn't just for the sick. You know, this is for patients who consider themselves pretty healthy mm-hmm. but they want to take their health to the next level. You know, they want the best quality of life, true truly longevity. So, So what I do within the book then, we already discussed that the gut, you know, is the foundation of health. Um, Chapter two, I'll kind of walk through the chapters here, uh, is more about keeping your spine in line. I really talk about the benefits of chiropractic. You know, that was, it has always been extremely important for me. And a lot of patients, I think, neglect that or, you know, they think chiropractic may not be needed if they're feeling great. But I think it's very important to keep that spine in line. And so that's chapter two where I compare the framework of the home to the spine in your body. And then chapter three, we talk about the electrical work in the home. Uh And then I compare that to genetics in the body. You know, Uh some light switches you want turned on and some light switches you want turned off. Uh, Chapter four, we more talk about having the appropriate keys to unlock doorways. And that really comes down to repleting nutritional deficiencies in the body. Chapter five is more about tackling the laundry in your home or detoxifying the body. Chapter six is managing your heating and cooling system, which is my favorite. Talk about optimizing your hormones.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Chapter seven is having clog-free plumbing, really reducing cardiovascular disease in the body. And then chapter eight, maintaining roof integrity. That more involves treating underlying infections, strengthening the immune system. And then chapter nine is getting started, really finding a contractor or a functional medicine provider who can help you, you know, build a healthy home or, mm-hmm. you know, build a healthy body.
0: Right. And that's what I love about the book is that it takes All of these different systems almost, and like in the conventional health world, we like to put our symptoms into specific systems and just try to fix that. But what you're really saying, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, is that it takes the whole scope, like the whole blueprint to heal your body. So like when you come in with, say, like a hormonal issue, you're really looking at every one of those components for lasting health. Is that correct?
2: Yes. So... I love optimizing hormones mainly because I can get patients feeling better quicker, right? If they're having hot right. flushes and night sweats. Let's balance your hormones and get you feeling better. But just boosting your hormones doesn't necessarily get to the root cause of the problem. We need to figure out why your hormones were low in the first place. Mm-hmm. so although that is one part of the blueprint, we also need to be looking at the other parts of the blueprint. you know, did you have nutritional deficiencies? Do you need to detox? Are you do you have a lot of stress in your life? <laughs> you know right. what's contributing to those low hormones and I think, you know, with conventional medicine, this, we have all these specialists, and they often focus on just one system in the body. You know, only the gastrointestinal system, or mm-hmm. maybe someone needs to see neurology or endocrinology. And then we have these patients who are complaining that none of their specialists are talking to each other. No one's managing their overall care. Right. We know the body's connected. We know the body's connected, especially when we look at the nervous system. Back to you know, chiropractic. Everything's innervated. So, you know, I even obviously highly recommend chiropractic. And so my goal with this book is that if a patient can understand, okay, you know, with a house, there are different components. There's a foundation, there's the electrical work, the plumbing, etc. The same is true with your body. You can't neglect one room in your house. you got to yeah. maintain them all. And so I hope the analogy will help patients and providers both see that, yes. You know, all of the systems are related and we need to be addressing addressing mm-hmm. them
0: all. Right. Yeah. Looking at the body as a whole, I feel like it's such a new concept for the majority of us because all along we've been treating sim- symptoms um, and usually within that specific systems. Um, but like you said, it really is, you're taking this concept of just taking your entire body and finding the root cause and treating everything from the foundation up essentially. Um and given yeah. that I really want to dig into one specific topic because like I said you go greatly in depth into so many topics in your book and it is like really it really helps form the gap between how you're feeling and where you really can accomplish lasting health and I love that about the book and highly recommend that for that reason but for this show because we could talk for hours and hours and hours on each system I just want to dive into hormones <laughs> um because yeah. I feel like so many people I mean hormones have to be one of, um, the greatest symptoms probably, or, um, you know, the hormones maybe become a cause of so many disease processes that are happening in our bodies anymore. Um, and most of us are no strangers to that. So where do hormones fit into your house blueprint concept?
2: Yes. So again, chapter six is my favorite because, you know, it's, it deals with hormones. And you're right. That's kind of the number one reason why so many patients seek us out for help.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So how it fits in, I compare the heating and the cooling system in your home to the endocrine system in the body. So for instance, you know, you don't want to have hot flashes. You don't want to be uncomfortable in your home. You want your air conditioning working. You want to be able to get cooled off, Mm -hmm. but also you don't want to have cold fingers and toes. And so I kind of relate that to having either low sex hormones where you could be too warm, having hot flashes and night sweats or even being low thyroid, where you could have cold fingers and cold toes. And so in that chapter, I discuss the importance of you know, adrenal, thyroid, ovarian, and even testicular function and how we can work to improve,
1: mm-hmm.
2: improve those, the, the function of those. Mm-hmm. Or if patients have had hysterectomies or if they've had their thyroid removed, then I do talk really in depth about hormone replacement therapy. So what can we do if we can't equip your body to make more of those hormones, Keep your temperature in in check. then how can we work to replace those hormones? Mm. And I also discuss a little bit about estrogen metabolism as it pertains to estrogen-related cancers. So I don't know if you want me to expand
0: on any of those. Right. Well, I kind of want to, like, I want to go further into those because I feel like there are so many misconceptions in regards to hormones. And hormones tend to be, one, something that's so scary for a woman to even think about because often associated Uh with all these negative things. Like, I feel like it really... I feel like health um, or a lack of health comes to a head when we start seeing hormonal issues and people, you know, like we could have maybe gut issues and people can deal with bloating or maybe suppress some other things. But once hormones starting getting involved, then people want help, right? Um, And so I want to just talk about quickly, like what are some misconceptions with hormones? Because there are so many um, and there's a lot of confusion around that. So if you could just break some myths for us, maybe like a couple of myths that you see in regards to hormones and what the truth is behind those.
2: Really good question because it is, it's really difficult to talk about hormones without the C word coming up, you know, Mm -hmm. cancer. So, so many patients, you know, have come into my office and said, I'm, well, I want to optimize my hormones, but I'm scared of taking estrogen because my mother or my grandmother got breast cancer and they took, you know, synthetic hormones. And Mm so I want to make, you know, one point really clear, hormones do not cause cancer. Mm -hmm. You know, I think unfortunately one of those misconceptions is that we apply the risks of synthetic hormones To natural hormones. You know, if we think about it, natural hormones can't cause cancer because if they did, we'd have a bunch of 20 year olds with high levels of testosterone (laughs) and estrogen running around getting cancer and a bunch of 90 year olds with low levels not getting cancer. And that's simply not the case. I mean, we see vice versa. We see the older individuals with lower levels getting the cancers. And so I always tell patients, it's, you know, the levels of the hormones is not what's causing cancer. So we have to dispel that myth firstly. But then, Secondly, I really work with my patients to differentiate synthetic hormones versus natural hormones. So let's go into that. So Uh synthetic synthetic hormones are man-made, and even in the book, because it's hard to explain, (laughs) but I have this, you know, and pictures in the book where I compare synthetic medroxyprogesterone acetate, so a synthetic progestin, to natural progesterone. I compare a synthetic testosterone to natural testosterone. So when you think of hormones, they really work like a key fitting in a lock fashion, you know, or a puzzle piece, you know, that hormone has to fit appropriately so that side effects don't occur. And so that, you know, the hormone can do what it's supposed to do It's a chemical messenger. If we Mm -hmm. want it to send the appropriate signal, it has to bind appropriately. And synthetics don't, synthetics have a different molecular structure. And so they're not going to bind appropriately. They're going to bind partially. And that's why they can cause some side effects. You know, I think, the women's health initiative study scared a lot of women away from taking hormones. You know, Mm -hmm. that study in that study, Premarin or pregnant mare's urine. So horse urine was used as an oral pill. And yes, you know, that study did show increased risk of cancers, but that study used these synthetic hormones and we can't compare apples to apples, right? You know, we can't take, we can't take that study and compare, you know, the side effects of the synthetics to the naturals. And that's what a lot of providers assume. And they do, And so for my practice, we really have to, we have to differentiate that and really educate our patients that we are not replicating what was done in that study. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What we're doing is something totally different. I don't give horse urine. I don't give oral estrogen. You know, we do things differently. And that's
0: why um, I think what we're doing is is a much safer approach. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So when it comes to hormonal therapy, I know a lot of people kind of get, like you said, they get nervous, like cold feet when it comes to taking synthetic hormones or even natural hormones. Um, and they really opt for a version of like regulating their hormones without anything. But I just had someone on the show last week and I I really wanted to break that myth and the fact that it's okay that sometimes you need to take hormones. Like, in fact, that can be more beneficial and maybe sometimes you have to like, is that, what's your perspective on that? Like, taking something, whether naturally or synthetically, to really balance your hormones? Do you feel like that that is necessary?
2: I think there's a time and
0: place for many things.
2: And so, you know, just like if someone becomes septic and needs antibiotics, I mean, shoot, there's a time and place for drugs. So right. sometimes right. we need them. You know, I think with my patients, I don't know that I would say there's a time and place for synthetic hormones because we know there are other natural right. So. I would, but I would tell patients, you know, if, if you're having insomnia and you're not sleeping, that's impacting your health. So mm-hmm. I would much rather than take a natural progesterone to help them sleep than a synthetic, like an Ambien, you know, right. a sleeping drug. Mm-hmm. I would much rather balance their hormones. If the root cause of why they're not sleeping is low progesterone, well, they don't have an Ambien deficiency. <laughs> I don't want to give them Ambien. Right. I'd much rather have them take progesterone. And so maybe that's an example of kind of how you're saying, yes, there are times and places where it's okay to take hormones. Right, right. And it's not like once you take progesterone, you have to take it the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of my patients take hormones short-term. Some take them longer-term. What we provide is a really personalized approach. So, you know, mm-hmm. what you take today, you're not committed to for <laughs> forever.
0: Yeah. And I want to dig into the personalized approach because I want to go back to the blueprint. Explain how the blueprint can really help you take what we know as, like where the world just gives us so many systems and, you know, all these plans, which kind of relate to all or nothings. Like think about all the diets on the market. Like it's, there, a lot of them are all or nothing approaches and they don't really specify the uniqueness of each of us. So how does this blueprint that you've created really take and look at your body as unique and help you create a plan based on that?
2: Well, so I think one of the things that I emphasize in the blueprint uh, are the functional medicine testing options that are available. So within each chapter, I break down. Okay, here are the best, for instance, hormone tests available, or here are the best, you know, tests for cardiovascular inflammation. And I tell patients, you know, these test results are your fingerprint. You know, these are a unique marker for you of your human identity, and these test results help us get to the root cause. You know, they help your contractor, your functional medicine provider help build a plan to personalize your health. Now, without the test results, a lot of patients are getting prescribed the same thing. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets Ambien or everybody gets, you know, whatever for for their symptoms. And so I think what helps personalize the blueprint concept are um, really – it would be incorporating all of the various functional medicine testing options.
0: Right. Okay, that makes sense. So kind of like having this – like your own blueprint laid out, and then you you make a plan based off of that. Based on those test results, yep. Mm-hmm. And so there
2: are, really, there are tests discussed in each chapter, and whether it's hormone testing or genetic testing, or maybe it's the food sensitivity testing or the stool testing. I mean, every chapter has recommended
0: mm-hmm. uh, testing options to help you get to the root cause of your problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Something that was really beneficial in my healing as well. So when we talk about testing, though, there are a lot of... um there are a lot of people getting hormonal tests done, and I feel like there's there's this line of people who are getting hormonal tests done, and they're coming back positive, or I don't want to say positive, but within the normal range, and yet they're still struggling. And yeah. so can you give us some, um, maybe some things for people who have had hormonal testing done and have been told that nothing's wrong, but are still struggling? Like, what are some additional tests, or what are some things that they should be looking for specifically as it relates to hormones?
2: Sure. Well, I think maybe I'll answer that question two ways. So one might even be going back to the misconception question. So what really sets functional medicine practitioners aside is how they interpret the labs. You know, so like you're saying, a lot of patients will go to their doctor, they get their thyroid levels tested and they're told you're normal. Well, Mm -hmm. you might not be, you might be normal, but we may not consider that optimal. And so what I do for all my patients and I kind of drew this out in the book is I draw a bell shaped curve and I plot their levels you know, for them. So if we were talking about, you know, T4 and T3, I'll plot their levels on a bell-shaped curve and I'll say, you know, would you want your child getting a 4% or a 10% on their test? Right. No, you want them passing. You want them to receive an 80 or a 90% as high as possible on that test. And the same is true with many of your test results. So you don't want your thyroid functioning at the fourth percentile. You know, your, your primary care provider may say, your thyroid's fine. You're in the normal range, mm-hmm. even though you're functioning at 4% our interpretation from a functional medicine perspective is that you're not doing so hot. You're about to fall off the deep end here. Mm-hmm. You're only at the fourth percentile. Right. Right. You want to see your levels much higher, much higher. And so I think, you know, just because you're told your labs are, are normal, that doesn't necessarily mean optimal. You need to find someone who can interpret them appropriately. Mm-hmm. So that would be one point. And then I think, you know, a lot of patients get levels tested, but they're not really tested comprehensively enough. And so if you want, I can kind of break down just different ways you can get your hormones tested. Yeah,
0: Yeah, let's go there.
2: So there are so many options available. And you know, there are many patients, they might read on the internet about saliva cortisol testing, like for adrenal fatigue, and they want to have that done. And that's great, you know, that's one way to look at the circadian rhythm throughout the day. So if we compare that to conventional medicine, they usually will only test a cortisol in the morning and they may say, oh, you're fine. You know, your cortisol is normal in the morning. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: But with a saliva test, we can have a patient spit into a tube four or five times a day. So we can actually see how the cortisol is doing through the day. It's supposed to be highest in the morning. So they're full of energy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's supposed to gently reduce throughout the day, being lowest at night so that they can sleep. And with this testing, we can see, is the cortisol peaking at night? Is that interfering with their sleep? You know, it's a great test to, again, assess that circadian rhythm and see how stressed the body is. So saliva testing has many strengths. It's also great for patients with um, fertility issues or headaches or even PMS. So I actually have a patient spit into a tube every other day for a full 28-day cycle. Mm. And at the same time, they can log their symptoms. So if they're getting headaches with ovulation or if they're getting headaches prior to bleeding, we can actually correlate and match their symptoms with the labs, and we can see, okay, what's happening when you're getting that headache? You know, are you getting a headache, again, with ovulation as your estrogen's increasing, or maybe as progesterone decreasing? So that's the t- type of information that you can't necessarily get from your conventional doc. They may just check your hormones one day mm-hmm. and say you're fine. Well, well, that's great, but what about the other 27 days <laughs> of the right, cycle? Right, right, you know, right. I like to see a m- much more in-depth um, comparison of the hormones. And And I should say there is a time and place for like serum like blood levels. There there definitely is. I do check FSH and LH on day three of the cycle for fertility. And we might check a progesterone a week after ovulation, like day 19, 20 or 21. And we might even check androgens like DHEA, testosterone and DHT, if I'm suspicious of like PCOS, polycystic Mm -hmm. ovarian syndrome, or those androgens are high. So there's a time and a place for the labs. But I really think the provider needs to um, decide what the patient, what it is they're trying to assess and then find the best way, best way to test that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love doing urine hormone testing also. This is my favorite only because this is really only the way we can assess for estrogen metabolism and kind of tying this back into the cancer risk or myth, I should say. If, if I'm going to give patients estrogen, even if it's natural estrogen, I want to know where that estrogen is going in the body. And so mm-hmm. I have patients do what's called a urine hormone metabolite test where we can see how they're detoxifying or eliminating their estrogens. If they're not eliminating them appropriately, you know, it can put patients, even if they're not taking estrogen, this is even important just because of all the estrogens we're exposed to in the environment, you know, all the toxins.
1: Mm-hmm. We
2: can see if patients are at increased risk for cysts and fibroids, whatnot. So the urine testing is amazing because it shows us how the liver is, is detoxifying or in a sense, eliminating estrogen. So there are just so many options that are available and these aren't offered to many patients. So it's really important that they find
0: someone who can choose the best testing for them, you know, to obtain that information that they need. Right, That I mean, super helpful. So like when we talk about full he- healing of our body, it has to communicate correctly. So like once you find these tests and you learn something is not going well or something's off um, and you finally get clarity on that, like what are some few tips that you could help give us to help fix our hormones, like outside of medications, because that's really right, specific. Without, yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yes, it is. So I think this answer also, you kind of get double bang for your buck here in that if you're asking how we can boost hormones naturally, and, you know, this would also, my answers I think would also help improve genetics, you know, influence genetics for the better. So there's just so much overlap between know, what we can do for our body and what all systems, you know, those interventions are going to impact. Mm-hmm. So number one is reducing stress, which is
0: super <laughs> difficult
2: for many of us. Right. And an ongoing, ongoing task. Stress is our body's biggest hormone hijacker. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is no pill, potion or powder that's going to change your lifestyle.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: only you have the power to really commit to lifestyle changes. And so Here's where meditation and yoga and resting and allowing time for headspace really comes in. and This is a huge challenge for me. I mean, this is what's working against me the most most strongly.
0: Can I stop you and ask you one thing when it relates to stress? I mean, so little stressors, like even things that you don't think are stressful um, or that are just minor stresses can add up in someone's body and in the end create a trigger, right? But as your body what do I want to say in some cases, like when you talk about someone who has an illness or, you know, even something I went through, like now I feel like I'm overly sensitive to stressful events. Like I know my limit is way less. Can you regain that? Mm -hmm. Like, can your stress load go down and then can you increase the load that you can handle or across the board, do we all just need to work on lowering that as much as possible? Did that question make sense?
2: I think it, yeah, I, I wish I had a crystal ball that I could just tell you the exact answer to that. But I think all in all, I think I know what you're asking. So I think sometimes when we go through stressful events, even myself included, we do become a little more aware and tuned to our bodies. And so, you know, some of it I think might be more of our hypervigilance, like, whoa, I am noticing that is impacting me. And maybe it's always impacted us and we just never really were that in tune before. Right. But I, I do think, can patients be able to tolerate more stress? I think the answer is yes, but it depends on kind of how compliant they are, right? Are they also working to detoxify the body? Are they sleeping well? Have they fixed their nutritional deficiencies, right? Like, have they addressed all these other parts of the blueprint?
1: Because mm-hmm. if
2: they have, yes, they should heal. And yes, they should one day be able to tolerate more stressors. But some of my patients, they won't change their diet, right? They don't think the gluten they're eating is a stressor for them. They say, I have no psychological stress, but yet they're eating gluten every day, which right. is a stressor. So so I think it depends on, I think it's important for patients to be able to identify all their stressors and really work to reduce them and be conscientious about, for instance, something like this blueprint. And then the best answer is that yes, one day they would be able to better tolerate more, uh, more stress. Obviously we always want to try to keep that to, (laughs) to a minimum, but we're always going to be exposed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that kind of answer your question? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. So now like to continue on like eliminating stress, what are some, some other things? I mean, obviously, like you said, like that's probably the trigger of all triggers for most people is that stress component. Um, but what else? Totally. So I think fixing nutritional deficiencies is also huge. And I think
2: it's often underrated. I've, I've actually seen a patient who all I did was put her on a multivitamin and fish oil, you know, some high quality nutrients and her (laughs) hot flashes went away. It's like, if you're eating McDonald's every day, (laughs) you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of times just fixing some of the nutritional foundational concepts can really help. Right. That was obviously an extreme, extreme example. And it's definitely not that easy for everyone, but you know, magnesium is extremely important for our hormones and also for our genetics. And, you know, I have some genetic variants that essentially they're a perfect storm. They set me up to be overly stimulated. I can't tolerate caffeine. I can't tolerate, you know, loud noises, whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I, because of the COMT variants that I have. And so for me finding that out, knowing, Hey, I really need to be taking magnesium like every day, that's huge. That was really important for me. Magnesium is a cofactor for, for lots of different, you know, enzymes to function within the body, for hormones to be made. It's important for detoxing. And so you don't want to be left nutritionally deficient. And nutritional deficiencies are caused by caffeine and by medications, by stress again,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: um, you know, when we have poor gut health. So I think really working to A, reduce stress, B, fix nutritional deficiencies is huge. And then three would be really working to detox. And Mm -hmm. part of detoxing involves, number two, fixing your nutritional deficiencies, because if you're low on certain nutrients, then your detox pathways are just simply not going to work. Now, part of detoxing also involves, you know, doing what we can to clean up our lifestyle and clean up the toxins in our home, you know, in our personal environment, getting those endocrine disrupting chemicals out of our lives. Plastics are such a problem. So, you know, changing to drink out of glass instead of plastic, not microwaving, (laughs) you know, your food in in a plastic dish is really important and getting the parabens and the phthalates and all these nasty chemicals in our shampoos and conditioners, our makeup, deodorant, you know, getting those chemicals out is also huge because that will help you detox. um, That'll help you be able to, to build hormones. So I think those are probably the top three, reducing stress, fixing nutritional deficiencies, and really helping your body to facilitate
0: detox. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which really, it just comes back to that foundational blueprint again of like, giving your body the space to do what it's supposed to be doing. Um, instead yeah. of crowding it out with all this other stuff. And, um, I, I love that you added stress in there because oftentimes I feel like it's just a matter of what we should and shouldn't be doing, which can then become a stress in itself. And that's something that I've become really passionate about just in the nutrition field of when we start piling all on all these things on what we should and shouldn't be eating, like that in itself can become a stress. So like there's a fine balance between, um, really, doing something, but having that desire to get well. And like you said, I feel like that's where your whole blueprint comes in and that it's not just a one, one-shot one thing. It's not just diet. It's not just exercise. It's not just the right supplement protocol. It really is like this whole life picture of just coming in to nourish your body. Um, and I think that is so cool um, and how that all works together. And going further with that, like one thing I love about your book is the fact that it looks at the system in its entirety. And I've said that before. And too often we segment out health and forget to recognize the importance of it working together. Can you give us like three key things? I know you just showed us like three things that can help heal our hormones, but like three key things in general that can really help us get this foundational blueprint down and start to bring our body, like take it from all these systems and pull it together into this one whole living thing that works together.
2: Yeah. Well, maybe can those three things be the same thing? Gut health, gut health, and gut health. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no, for real, though. I yeah. mean, like you yeah. said that, you yep. said that in your book, that is the foundation. That is like yes. the yes. cement, the concrete that holds it all together. So hit on that just, just briefly, because I'm I'm game with you putting them all together.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, so obviously, the majority of your immune system is in your gut. That's where absorption occurs, and that's where infections are fought. And so in chapter one, we really talk about how can you build a healthy foundation? And so the two major points there are to remove food sensitivities and then treat gut infection. And that was something, you know, to heal, to get back my health at something that I had to do. I had been gluten-free probably like 80% gluten-free for like, I don't know, four years, something like that. And I had to commit like 100% no cross-contamination I actually tested myself for celiac and and after having been gluten almost, I felt like, you know, at that point I thought, oh, 80% is good. You know, being 80% gluten-free, I still had tested positive for celiac and I thought, oh, my goodness. So I had to go all in. You know, I had Mm -hmm. to be 100% Mm gluten-free. And above and beyond that, because I had SIBO, which I consider, you know, gut infection, I had to go on a low FODMAP diet. And Mm -hmm. so what's, what's a kind of unique point I like to point out to patients here is you know, not only did I have to remove the foods on my food sensitivity test, I had to go on a low FODMAP diet. Now, those foods weren't going to show up on my food testing because I wasn't having an immunologic reaction to those. I just had this gas and bloating, this pressure, and so I needed to go on a diet of kind of low fermentation. I couldn't handle the higher, you know, fermented foods, whatnot, because there, were just, there was just too much gas and pressure in there, and so in order for me to, to heal, to really build my foundation, I had to do the low FODMAPS diet. I had to go 100% gluten-free. Mm-hmm. I actually had fructose intolerance. I kind of had all kinds of things going on. <laughs> um, so that was really important to me. And, you know, I had been preaching this for years, but once I had to 100% put this into practice, it really solidified for me, okay, this is the foundation. I have to be right. doing this with my patients. You know, they have to be removing their foods. And then we do a stool test as well, where we explore if they have gut infections. And the stool test really helps identify if they need hydrochloric acid to help with digestion, digestive enzymes, or even ox bile. If they've had their gallbladder removed, they may need to take some bile. I had to, to take bile to help me absorb fats as well. The stool test will tell me if they have yeast overgrowth. It'll, it'll tell me if they need probiotics or fiber or if they don't need those. And so, you know, gosh, the foundation is just, to build true longevity, you just have to optimize that foundation. And that's, that's why chapter one is a very long chapter, <laughs> right? Because we, we just talk so in depth about that gut health is foundational.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, and I think there's more and more and more coming out about it. And um, it really is fascinating What gut health can do. But when you talk about like testing food sensitivities, I know that there's a lot of ways to do that. Like, do you have any one specific test? Are you using multiple testing? And I know you break this down in your book.
2: Yeah, I've talked, or I've talked, (laughs) I've used several different labs throughout the years. And I think it's really important that the testing that I, you know, as a clinician, I'm putting my name, my reputation on the line, you know, with these tests that I'm offering. And so I think it's really important that the testing is always very repeatable. You know, so if you Mm -hmm. do the test on Monday and on Thursday, that you're going to get the same Mm -hmm. results.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And so the labs that I choose to work with are on the West Coast, and I usually start patients with an IgG test.
1: Mm So,
2: you know, IgE is more looking at um, an immediate anaphylactic reaction, right? You eat a banana and you go to anaphylactic shock. Most of my patients don't have those allergies, or if they do, they already know what they are,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: right? And so instead, we're looking more for chronic delayed hypersensitivity reactions, which is usually an IgG or an IgA test. Mm-hmm. And we start with a panel maybe of like a hundred foods and just see what they're reacting to. And we take them out of the diet and we see if we're making progress.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's a, like the basis of a test that if someone wanted to really check into their food sensitivities, that would probably be the best way to do it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Perfect. Well, this has been such a wealth of knowledge and, I'm excited to get your book into the hands of other people because, like I said, it really brings all of the systems together into this one uh, one book that just pulls everything together because ultimately that's how our body functions. But before we go, mm-hmm. I have a few quick-fire questions to ask you, and I like to ask everyone this, just fun things at the end to um, – uh, yeah, just a little bit more information for us to go off of. So the first question is, sure. what's the first thing you do every morning for your health?
2: You know, this time of year, I typically – Roll out of bed, walk into the kitchen, and then I take silver. so flu season is coming, and i I need to not get sick, you know I mm-hmm. need to be able to take care of my patients and and so I take uh, silver sublingual, I kind of hold it under my tongue one or two minutes. it's a silver hydrosol, very small particle it's not going to turn me gray or anything right. like that right it's, <laughs> it's silver that's easily excretable, but can really once it's in my system, if I'm exposed to viruses, bacteria, whatnot, it should help me fight those and so I'm pretty routine about taking the silver, especially through flu season. Just every single day, I, I take that. I also take all my supplements. I think, you know, supplementing is very important, and mm-hmm. I always eat breakfast. I mean, I have a, usually a protein smoothie every morning. So that's kind of my
0: morning ritual, morning mm-hmm. routine. Nice. I like the little morning routine. What's your favorite health book? Outside of your own, but your favorite one. Man, it's that's hard to, <laughs> to
2: choose. I When I... I bet I read 200 books writing my book, you know, Uh there are just so many good ones out there. I, not that readers can necessarily get their, or listeners can necessarily get their hands on this, but one book that has been just instrumental to my career is a nutritional medicine book by Gaby. And it's Mm -hmm. like three or four inches thick. I mean, you can look up any condition like psoriasis or whatnot, and it'll tell you nutrients that have been shown in the literature to help with that condition. And so I just, I love that, that book. Um, I also really enjoy all of Michael Pollan's books, mm-hmm. the Omnivore's Dilemma, In Defense of Food, Food Rules. I mean, they just introduce how, imfor- how important food really
0: is. It's mm-hmm. just really important concepts. I like those. Yeah, perfect. What's the one food you couldn't live without?
2: Mm, I don't know if this is considered a food, but I'm going to say salt. It's a nutrient. You uh-huh. know, part of my... <laughs> Part of my health issues with when my heart was racing, I had several contributing variables, but one was really low blood pressure. I was almost eating so healthy that I I literally needed to add salt in my diet, and so I, part of my tachycardia was because my body was kicking in because my blood pressure was so low. And right. so I don't go a day a day without salt. Uh-huh. I, it just helps me. I'll put salt in my water. I'll, I'll even salt my salad, and I'm talking high quality Himalayan or Celtic sea salt. You know, mm-hmm. not the
0: not the table salt. Right. So I,
2: if 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 you count salt as an answer,
0: then that's my answer. (laughs) I totally would. But it's one of those things, again, that has become a villain in our society. um, And people are kind of scared of it. You know, like they they look at it and think, hmm, like you hear not low sodium. Everything needs to be low sodium. But um, I like that you're bringing to light that salt is an essential component, especially in the real foods, because there is a difference. Um, maybe you can go into this really quickly, a difference between sodium or salt that's being used in our processed foods versus like real high quality salt.
2: Yeah. So high quality salt is going to have minerals. I mean, it's it's just lots of trace minerals and the the nasty table salt that although it says it's iodized, there's barely any iodine in there. I mean, it's really just loaded with chemicals and and that's the, we'll consider that like a processed food. Like that's the, the processed Salt or sodium that you want to avoid. Mm-hmm. Instead, you want to get the high quality, you know, Himalayan or Celtic sea salt. They're very different.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Okay. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received?
2: I've received a lot of good advice. So I. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: That's good. I think just ex- experiencing the the
2: book writing process. That you know, it's been amazing and exciting, but it's been really difficult. And so one thing that I've really come back to that is just so important is just having an attitude of gratitude. I think, you know, just to have the opportunity to, opportunity to share my story and, you know, share this, this building process, this blueprint concept, I just, every day I just wake up and try to tell myself, all right, here we are. Here's mm-hmm. another day. Have an attitude of gratitude. I just mm-hmm. think that's such good advice and something we should be speaking to ourselves
0: every mm-hmm. day. Right. And the research is showing that how healthy gratitude actually is. <laughs> uh, again, just yeah. another great thing. But it can be really difficult to get in that habit of doing that. Awesome. And what is yes. the best piece of advice you could leave us with?
2: Well, I would say, because I love hormones, <laughs> I tell patients, you know, it's every day patients are in my office and they're they are having this revelation. They're so excited to have the knowledge, you know, that they have now, but they just wish they would have had their hormones tested earlier in life.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
2: I do think... I I recommend everyone, I tell patients, have their, have your children, even have your parents, you know, get their hormone levels tested. If you could see your levels in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, you could track, well, A, you could establish what your baseline is, you know, you know where you were when you were feeling really good, Mm -hmm. but B, then you can track any decline that's happening. So if you see, okay, over the last year or two, my thyroid's been going down, my testosterone's been going down, you know, if you had that information, you could track that and correlate it with your symptoms and intervene sooner than waiting before you become
1: Mm.
2: really symptomatic. And so that's one thing that I always recommend is that patients, well, find a functional medicine practitioner who can test you and interpret your labs appropriately, Mm -hmm. but get those, get your levels, get your baseline. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know we've talked a lot about hormones um, through this podcast, but, you know, regardless of symptoms, headaches, the tachycardia I was having, psoriasis, irritable bowel syndrome, even fatigue, you know, this blueprint can help. Um, Mm -hmm. hormones are one amazing piece, but like you said, there are just so many other pieces to the puzzle. So imagine what life would be like if you could walk through this blueprint and and
0: regain your health. Right. Yeah. So when you talk about kids getting tested, like when would you start that and what kind of tests, like just an overall like lab panel, like in-depth lab panel to see it all, or just specifically hormones?
2: I would recommend a whole lab panel. I mean, why not? Mm -hmm. Get your vitamin D, you know, get all your nutrients, get everything tested from a young age. Uh, but hormone wise, you kind of got to think, okay, so for like a young woman, I would probably wait until she's cycling, you know, right. to see, and then I would do the month long hormone test and, and see where things are at. So what, you know, you want to wait till they're through puberty, of course, but then you could get a baseline. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Right. From a hormone perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, perfect. I can't, again, wait to get this book into the hands of other people um, and let them experience this whole house blueprint that you really break down thoroughly inside the book. Um, But before you go, can you tell us more about where we can find information on you and your latest book? Sure, I'd love to. So my practice is the Integrative Health and Hormone Clinic. We're located in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We're moving to Hiawatha
2: here in a few weeks. Our website is www.Ihhclinic.com. And you can find us on Facebook as well. And then I recently started a new Facebook page for the book, and that page is Dr. Stephanie Gray, Your Longevity Blueprint. Uh, the books will be available on Amazon hopefully soon here uh, for uh, pre sale, and then you, they will also be sold through any bookstore and at our website, uh, www.yourlongevityblueprint.com.
0: Perfect. And I will make sure and link all that up in the show notes. So you know where exactly to find out more about the longevity blueprint and Dr. Stephanie Gray. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Gray. I it's been an honor and uh, hopefully someday we can have you back on the show and just dive more in depth into some of these um, concepts that you have laid out in your book.
2: Well, thank you so much for allowing me to spread the word. That's the whole point. That's the whole point behind this book is so that, you know, we can we can educate others and on this process. So mm-hmm. thank you for what you do in hosting this podcast. And thank you for having me here. I'd love to be
0: on again. Wow, what an informative podcast. I seriously love having experts on because it really just opens my eyes. And I hope it opens yours as well to this new and different path that so many are specializing in. So again, make sure you head on over to the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 063 to get all of the information from today's show, as well as the information on where to purchase Dr. Gray's newest book, Your Longevity Blueprint. I know you're gonna wanna check it out. It's loaded with information. I actually was able to get a sneak peek and read the book for myself, and it literally is chocked full of every system in the body and how to put it all together. It's definitely a more scientific book, but one that I think everyone should read just to have more understanding of how the body works and how integrative this all is. So make sure you head on over there to check out that and check out more information about Dr. Gray. Again, thank you so much for being here. You literally make the show go round and I couldn't do this without you. Please never hesitate to send me an email at alexa at simplerootswellness.com and give me your feedback. What are you loving about the show? What are some ideas that you have and maybe even some experts you'd like to see on Simple Roots Radio? Again, you are the reason for the show, so please never hesitate to leave me a message. I seriously love every piece of feedback that you can give me, and just staying in touch on what's working well in your own life. So again, please shoot me an email if you have any comments or feedbacks, or just leave a comment at the bottom of the show notes or over on social media. And speaking of social media, don't forget to follow me over at Instagram at alexa sherm or on Facebook at simple roots wellness. I am really trying to make it a point to get on over there more often. I love Instagram and give you sneak peeks inside my own life and my family. And I know starting in the new year, I'm really diving hard into showing you my own wellness project and how I'm going to start working on transforming my health and my life day to day, month to month. So... Head on over to Instagram and follow me there at Alexa Sherm, or on Facebook at Simple Roots Wellness. And thanks again so much for being here. I couldn't do this without you. Make sure you leave a rating and review over on iTunes at SimpleRootsWellness.com/review or just find me on iTunes at Simple Roots Radio. These comments and feedback help to make the show visible and findable by other people. And seriously, they mean the world to me. So just leave your honest feedback. It takes two minutes. You never have to do it again. Give me a star rating and just a few comments on what you're loving about the show or what you'd like to see change. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you have a wonderful week and next week I have another expert on talking about creating your own wellness project and this is what gave me inspiration for what I'm about to do in the new year. So stay tuned next week. We can do this together and you too can undergo your own wellness project, taking all of the information from all the experts, including Dr. Gray, compiling them together into a system or into, I don't even want to say system, into a life that works for you. And that's what it's all about. We'll see you next week.